Hello, good people, good people out there in podcast world, cyber world, and radio world. If you happen to catch the playback and you are listening to WTLB, this broadcast, Transfer Radio, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I'm your host, Marcus Sarr. We got a very special guest in the virtual building. Uh, he's uh, way far and I'm way near, you know, wherever you are. So we're going to be talking about some uh, very good public, uh, very important subject, you know, some wellness tips uh, for the Winter Blues. Uh, I know everyone's uh, struggling with mental uh, illness. I myself have struggled. Um, and this young man uh, has also uh, had the opportunity to overcome these things. And uh, he's a Goliath uh, to the things that he was able to overcome. So uh, sit back. Don't go anywhere. You know, some of you guys probably peeked at the description already. So you already know what's on the way. We'll be right, right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and I present to some, and you know, introduce reintroduce to many others, Mr. Michael Gibson. What's going on, brother? Oh man, just uh, having a rainy day here in San Diego. Is it really raining? Yeah, yeah, it's a rarity, but we get it every. Yeah, time. yeah. So, so that's like a lot more. That happens a lot more in the in the winter, Dan. Huh? Yeah, I mean, we were last week while everybody else was having a blizzard. We were eighty-five degrees. <laughs> so, okay, well, well, I know where I need to be at then. So yeah, because I can't man, complain we, about a little rain. Oh my goodness, it was it was terrible, and um, you know, no sunlight whatsoever I, for a couple of days, and we finally got some sun. But you go outside and like, hey, it's not summer, you know. So, <laughs> so Mike, you know, like people people may know you, uh, and, you know, but uh, in your own words, you know. Give us a little introduction, man, and, and, and tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself. You know, I. Yeah, my name is uh, Mike Gibson, um, retired NFL player, played six years in the NFL, um, was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, um, spent my first year there, spent three years in Seattle and then finished my last two in Arizona with the Cardinals. Um, yeah, I mean, so I'm somebody who came from a, uh, a broken home, I guess you could say. Um, you know, somebody whose family struggled with a lot of, um, issues, um, like a lot of people out there. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I think, uh, I used athletics and sports to kind of keep me away from that. Um, right. and that's why I was, that's why I feel like I became so successful, right. Is, is, is I was an individual who wanted to stay away from everything that certain, from certain things that were going on at home. And, uh, <laughs> man, you know, I, I think you're speaking to a, a huge choir of individuals who, who struggle, uh, with like the family home base and, you know, and having a, having a lot of people, uh, in their family or just in their environment, you know, you talk about mm -hmm. the neighborhoods that they grow, you grow up in and it's rough, man. And, and it's like, okay what what do i what do i do you know who who do i turn to for guidance you know uh what what where's my outlet and you you found it very early on and and you ran with it and you made it made it into something mm -hmm. um now when you when you look back and you you have some contrast between you know the life you were living 
uh, in the NFL versus uh, back home, you know, were there times or or even moments where you were able to draw back on some of those 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 past experiences? Since like, okay, you know, it was tough during this particular time when I was here, but now that I'm here, you know, there's there's new challenges, you know. So, did, were you immediately able to like draw back and and recall how you got through those things? Uh, or did it take some time, you know, and like, you know, we, and we're going to discuss like a little bit later, you know, um, some of the, some of your own struggles. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always been able to draw back on things that happened from my childhood. Right. Mm-hmm. And certain things that I wanted out of life or certain things I get in a situation like, man, my childhood was, was much worse than this. Right. It's like, right. well, I was like a short and fat kid growing up. Right. And, okay. um, uh, so I got made fun of a lot. Right. And so like, for me, right. always going to the gym, always working out. Um, mm-hmm. th- that's something because I didn't want to be that short little fat kid. Right. So right. And every team I played on everything I did, I was always usually the strongest guy on the team or one of the strongest. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and one of the more athletic guys, you know, the, the beauty of it is for me is like, because of things that were going on as, as a child, right. Or as, as, a, yeah. as a young adult too, like I played football basketball mm-hmm. oh, i tried baseball i wasn't no good at it right ran track like i was always doing something to occupy myself right and and you know it's i mean my grandma could tell you when i was an infant man i'd cry when they turn off my, my football when i was six years old and i watched my older brother play football i fell in love man. so by the time i was eight years old i knew what i wanted i knew what i wanted to achieve and that was mm-hmm. i'm from a small town napa california not very many right. people get that opportunity to go and do those things. And um, so I, I was a very determined uh, individual, even up until when I was playing, you know, and, yeah. and my whole thought process was like, I didn't want to go back to that. Like what I had grown up, I never, I didn't want that life. Um, yeah. So it was easy for me to look back on it, um, look back on it, not want to do that. Um, you know, I've gone through trials and tribulations even now. You know, to this day, you know, five and a half years sober, you know, kind of drawn back on what my life was like five and a half years ago. You know, you know, to where my life wasn't manageable at all whatsoever. So looking back now, it's, it's, I just play the tape, you know, if I go back to drinking, like, look what my life is going to turn into. Cause I know it's going to turn, yeah. it'll turn bad, you know, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. It might, but I know it's going to turn bad eventually. Yeah. That's man. That's, that's really heavy and and it's really intense. And uh, what, what strikes me the most um, out of everything that you just laid out for us uh, right then and there is, is just that mentality of like, you know, telling yourself like, Hey, I don't want to go back. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to go back to this. Uh, a, a lot of people, um, they will, rather kind of push it to the side they won't even acknowledge that like there's even this kind of this thought kind of brewing in their heads they're like okay i i came from there but like you know this is where i might fall mm-hmm. you know you know instead they, they try to go willy-nilly like everything's okay mm-hmm. uh, but it's you know but it's not and sometimes it's okay you, you got to acknowledge uh what's what's not working for you uh what's wrong and, and also acknowledge that, like, hey, you know, um, although I'm right here in this moment right now, I can be a lot worse. I can go back. <laughs> yeah. Go back. With the snap of a finger. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I'm one mistake away. 
Mm. You know, and what drives me is looking back on what that life was like. Yeah. Back at, you know, sleeping in my car. Because that's what it had come to. You know, not not like my my dope car, even like my mm-hmm. sweet car. You know, it was a, a, a GMC Jimmy. You know what I mean? Where the back yeah. seat laid down so that I can sleep in that thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's not like I'm sleeping in some, you know, tour bus. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah. I'm sleeping inside of in the back of a 1990 Jimmy because that's all right. that's all I had. So it's it's very easy for me to to look back and reflect and go, mm, yeah, man, it's having that one drink or that one lapse in mental health. It just ain't worth it. Mm. Right? So I'm constantly exercising it. It's like the gym for me. You know, it's got it, and it's got it's, it's got to be a gym, and you know, like when you think about mental health, they they put the word health in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just like physical health, you you take care of your physical body. Yeah, you know, you so gotta practice. You gotta practice. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And 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 for you, you know, and uh, I probably I might be going going backwards uh, from what you, what you're doing now, and and. Uh, Although we can go, you know, we're definitely going to go um, to the past. But the what what works for you, and in, in, in terms and like in terms of just you know when you when you get into like those those uh, dark moments and like you feel yourself kind of spiral and you know and the, you know so for a lot of us like uh, people who who are uh, overcoming and and have to have tools in the toolbox, mm-hmm. um, you know. It may be something you might have learned, you know, um, that you grabbed, you know, added to the toolbox, you know. So what was it for you? What works for you? Uh, just close mouths, don't get fed. Open your mouth. Mm-hmm. Talk to people. It, it's so hard to, um, I understand, I get it, like not wanting to say something because like to yeah. this day, I still, when I talk to people, when I talk to my sponsor in particular, when I talk to them, I feel like sometimes that I'm being a burden. Yeah. Right. Because uh, Because maybe what I'm saying is, you know, they're busy in their lives. They don't have the time to talk to me. Right. That's what goes through my head before I make that phone. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, I don't want to burden them with my thoughts, you know, or maybe it's, you know, I might, I may be making a mountain out of a molehill. Right. But mm-hmm. the reality of it is, is like individuals out there, right. Whether that's, you know, your, your mom, your dad, your sponsor, your best friend, uh, or even your significant other. Right. Me personally, yeah. I try to keep it away from my significant other because, I, I let her in like, Hey, I'm not feeling right, but I don't let her know the details. Right. Because right. relationships can be heavy. Right. Um, yeah. so that's just me in particular. Um, but just having somebody to talk to, uh, mm-hmm. majority of the people that I speak to and call, if I have an issue, they, they have my best interest at heart and yeah. they're there to help me. Right. Even though I feel like a burden, yeah, I'm not a burden to them. Right. My life is worth it to them. Um, so find, find those people. You know, one thing I did in early sobriety was I had a list of people and I, and I called them before, Hey, grandma, I wanted to let you know that you're in my top five list. So if I call you or yeah. send you a text saying nine one one, that means I'm not right up here. Mm-hmm. Right. Or that's, I'm not right in my heart. Like I need help. So please pick up the phone. Right. And you have that right. list of three, four, five people and you call them and let them know, you know, you call them, and let them know that way when you're calling at 10 o'clock at night, and they, they know that they should pick up that phone call um, because something ain't right. So have that list of five people that you can that you can count on. Um, yeah. You have that list of five people just in case, you know, one, two, three and four don't pick up the phone. 
Right. So have that list of people, call people, man. I mean, it's, it's, we're humans are designed for human interaction. And that's why I think not, not, not this zoom interaction that the, the zoom era that we have due to COVID, um, yeah. you know, that was, that was great for people like myself in recovery, um, you know, having that outlet to speak with people, but we're designed for human contact. Right. Um, so have that human contact with people. Um, and don't be afraid to talk. Don't be afraid to open your mouth. That's that's real important, and and especially like playing playing in team sports all your life, you, you know you 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 start to learn to trust like the the player to the left and the right of you. Yeah, and um, you know, and I mean, I can easily like cross reference that with like my time in the military. Um, it, it's it's very hard for man to to, to de develop new relationships, develop new friendships, break down that that barrier. And uh, and began to trust people, and but like you said, sometimes you know it's only five. You only need five, four to five, mm -hmm. uh, four to five people that you can trust, and like uh, that makes you think about that old T-Mobile thing, you know, the Fade Five. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> MySpace, all that T-Mobile, yeah, MySpace, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, but it was, but that made sense though. You know, who who's who can you who can you call? And um and that as great that's great tip and that's great idea. And um, when, when you think about your sponsor, uh, just your sponsor alone, you know, uh, it's that that person has to be like the captain of the football team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I know I'm a burden to him. Yeah. I know that for a fact. You know what I mean? Like he. Yeah. He, he's the best, though. I mean, that man saved my life. Yeah. Saved my life. And, and you know what's crazy? Mm -hmm. Marcus is he, he had, him and I had nothing similar in common other than the fact that we um, are both in recovery. Yeah, you know, um, he's from an area, you know. I mean, he's tattooed. He's from an area that's much different than mine. You know, mm -hmm. he's got tattoos up and down his neck. When I met him, he only had like two teeth. You know what I mean? Like yeah. now he's got a nice full set. He's he's living large. You know, but that's the beauty in it, right? It is right. he'd been to prison a bunch. I'd never been to prison. You know, mm -hmm. and and the only thing that we were relatable on is recovery. So I thought, right. And then you right. go go on and do your step work and stuff like that, and you get to know the individual, and they get to know you, and you realize that we had we, we had a lot more in common than what we really thought, um, you know. And then for me, without God and Him, there ain't no chance. I, I, there's zero chance I'd be here speaking with you today. Yeah, I'm glad you put in God. You know, uh, a, a lot of people. I, I definitely suggest like you know some type of some type of form of spirituality. You know, spirituality can look different for everybody. Uh, and and it sounds like you really have like incorporated that a lot uh, into you know just your daily walk here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just just going back now. Now we're gonna walk back. Now we, we kind of switching tracks a little bit. Yeah. You know, now looking back here, you know, you 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 stepped into a treatment center, mm -hmm. correct? Uh, you you mind sharing like what kind of led you to like kind of make that decision and say like, man, you know what? I need a full team. Yeah. I mean, I went to six treatment centers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's yeah, so, all right. So, hey, so I like I didn't get it the first time, right? You know what I mean. And, and and relapse is a part of my recovery, but it doesn't have to be a part of everybody's. I know plenty of people who um, have gone to treatment once, but plenty of people who have never gone to treatment, right? Yeah. Um, but for me, that's what I needed. Um, I found out very quickly that like I'm beyond human aid. Um, mm -hmm my pride, my ego. I thought I was terminally unique. Um, yeah. 
due to my previous profession, due to what I thought was, uh, you know, status, you know. Um, so what led me to treatment? Uh, the first five times I did it for other people. First time okay. times I did it for my wife. I did it for, you know, my grandma. I did it for my family. Um, never once did it myself until my last time that I went to treatment. And um, that's when life got really real for me. Um, like I said, I mean, I played six years. I made plenty of money. By the time I retired, I had no money. Uh, I had my house was uh, getting foreclosed on, so I was able to sell that quickly. Um, mm -hmm. Sold all my cars. Uh, at that point, I was stealing for my family, um, going to pawn shops and stuff like that. So, let me go to treatment. Was I had no place to live? I was homeless. Um, and I had, didn't have my car near me. You know that GMC Jimmy that I had. Yeah. Um, literally, only thing I had, I couldn't get a bank account. I couldn't get nothing. I, my family was paying my cell phone bill. All I had was two bags, one full of, one full of uh, clothes and the other one was full of shit. Since I got free from my Nike deal, and, uh, so, and that's yeah. like, I was broke. I was broken both physically, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, needed help and would do everything he could at that point to get help. Okay, and that's 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 usually the breaking part, you know, when you have like gone so dark, you know, where like, okay, if I don't if I don't start helping myself, mm -hmm. you know, and start doing and, and do this for myself, you know, there's gonna there's not gonna be no more of me. But the the crazy part is is I was attracted to the darkness. Mm. Right? Like yeah. that for some reason that lifestyle, you know, had, had carried over from when I was playing to go into like clubs, to go into yeah. Vegas, you know, every other weekend, sometimes multiple weekends in a row, to like transitioning into the streets, you know, in the Tenderloin in San Francisco, you know, in the middle of the night trying to score dope. And to me, that was attractive, right? That's part of the game. That's the adrenaline rush and yada, yada, yada. And that's what I was attracted to at the time because when I, when I was done playing football, what was my identity? Mm. That's what I struggled with. Right? Yeah. And, and working in the recovery field, 99% of individuals that go to treatment struggle with something else. You know, right. the alcohol and the drugs are just a symptom of ourselves. Yeah. Right. So like I was struggling with a lack of identity, right? Depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I was using drugs and alcohol to cover up those feelings. So yeah. And the, the best example I can give to somebody is this, like, you have a family member that passes away or your girl breaks up with you, right? What's the first thing you do? Oh, I need a drink. Because you don't like the way you feel. Right. So you're, so you're going to, I need a drink so that you can cover up those feelings, right? So majority of the people that go to treatment have some sort of uh, a mental health issue that they're struggling with. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a depression. Sometimes it's bipolar, schizophrenia, you know, uh, personality disorder. There's other things that go along with it, one extreme to the next. But like I said, 99% of the people that, that I work with, they always have some sort of mental health issue. Yeah, that's very true because it's a large population that's, that's undiagnosed, you know, um, mm -hmm. uh, right now, you know, as we as we speak in. And when we talk about like, you know, what the pandemic has done and um, and and a lot of these other things that, that happens in mainstream media, 
um, you know, there's a lot of people that's just experiencing some light trauma, you know, and th- that trauma, you know, definitely usually shows itself in some type of un- unhappy, unhealthy uh, outlet. So, you know, man, you know, I'm, I'm glad, you know, uh, real glad that, you, that you, you're here now, man, and, um, and that you, you got the help that that was uh, necessary for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and, ha- and, and the real big one is the lack of identity without purpose. Uh, there's just, just, there's no direction, you know, uh, you don't know where you're going. You don't know where you're headed. You know, mm-hmm. the, the playbook is uh, ultimately like, you know, non-existent, you know, we just winging it at this point. You know. and, and they don't prepare you for it. No, they don't. They don't. They don't prepare uh, you for it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is that, you know, is that something that like you, you looking to advocate for a little bit more is just, you know, because like, there's, there's a lot of professions where, you know, when people, you know, especially man, you know, we retire, it's like, okay, what else is next? Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's, there's a, there's a few things that I advocate for in regards mm-hmm. to, um, you know, not only workforce, but like professional sports as well. Right. So, um, and it's the NFL is, is a very hard thing to penetrate. You know, I've been able to communicate with like the former players association, but like the mm-hmm. players association and the NFL in particular, right. They, they, they cover their eyes when it comes to this stuff. So yeah, trying to, trying to bring it to the forefront and, and speak to them about it because it's a real thing. I saw it. I witnessed it. I was, uh, I was a part of it. Right. right. And when my family, when, when I, my family tried to give me help, right. You know, they called the players association. They called the teams that I played for. They called um, the former NFL players association and said, Hey, like they called the insurance company, right? Like, Hey, what do we need help? And not one of them give me a resource. Right. And so, um, you know, and, and this I work with people on the daily. The employers go, people go to their employer. They go to their HR department. Hey, yeah. I have to struggle, whether it's mental health, whether it's substance abuse, right? I need help. Okay. We'll find it. They don't have resources for the individuals. No. So, and, and I've gone to, um, you know, hospitals. I've gone to uh, doctor's offices. I've gone to uh, places of employment and said, hey, I want to become a resource for individuals struggling. And they just turn their blind eye to it, right? They, they don't want anything to do with it. Oh, we don't have anybody like that. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Both you and I know you're lying because the reality of it right. is somebody knows somebody that knows somebody. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. you never know when that's going to happen to you. Um. You know, I've not only been to treatment, but I've seen people come into treatment with all different types of people. Mm-hmm. But it, this disease does not discriminate. You know, mm-hmm. resources um, is, uh, you know, something that I'd like to see change. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, and I mean, because now you, you got 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 individuals who, like you said, you know, like you you were one of those individuals, like you you didn't know what you're supposed to do. You know, like mm-hmm. okay, you know what what is the the path uh, towards uh, you know getting some help, and and man, you know, it's it. Although you hear a lot of talk about mental health, there's still not being not enough being done to kind of make it more accessible. And, um, and and give some direction and some tools to uh, people who need it. Yeah, no, I agree. I 
better. It's better than what it was five years ago when I went through it. You take my up um, you know, I think uh, a lot of these celebrities coming out with it. Yeah, so when we talk about um, just, you know, I, I, I definitely want to come back to this and then we're going to, uh, and then I got one last question for you to kind of, you know, bring everything back together here. Uh, you know, when we talk about like just, just a den- the identity crisis, man, and, um, and you know, just the, fi- the, the feeling of like, you know, um, you know, what's my value now in this world? Um, when you was going through treatment, you know, was you know was that like kind of like something that kind of organically happened for you to kind of rediscover like you know what your purpose was here and what you should be doing or did it like come shortly after and you kind of work with your sponsor and some other important mentors yeah i mean i the last time i went to treatment i went to treatment for four months um mm-hmm. the five other times i went for 30 days right um mm-hmm. and i went to this treatment center it was an all men's faith-based uh, treatment center here in San Diego, 160 acres in the middle of nowhere, right? Generators and well water, you know, unlike anything that I'd ever done. Um, I don't want to like high end facilities, you know, where they got yeah. a private chef, they got all this stuff like that, right? And, uh, yeah. It's like almost like a vacation in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I go to this place and they make, you know, is is a, a big, uh, serve me a big dose of humility. Um, yeah. You know, which, Hey, I, I'm, that's the best teacher in the world right there is a little bit of humility, right? right? And, um, which is what I needed at the time. And, uh, you know, I spent four months there. I did everything they asked me to do. I kind of dove into it, right? I still didn't know what I was going to do, mm-hmm. where I was going to go. And uh, after my four months there, I went into a sober living and an outpatient program for 30 days. And uh, I had to get on food stamps, right? I tried to get all this, yeah. this this aid that I could receive because um, I needed it desperately, right? I didn't have a job. I, I had no income. My family wasn't giving me money because I burned them so many times before. And um, so I continued to do well there for 15, 20 days. You know, I was going to do, I planned on doing that for like six, seven months. And, right. Um, after about 20 days, I got a phone call from the treatment center that I was currently at and that I went to, and they actually called me and said, hey, we want to offer you a job. Hmm. And, uh, you know, sure, let's go. I'm down. I don't care what it, I don't care what it, enta- what it entitled, how much money I was making. You know, for me, it was, hey, this is what I need right now. And, right. Uh, talk to my sponsor, pray on it. But in reality, I've been praying for that for the last five months. And uh, yeah, I started working there making minimum wage. And, uh, you know, then they said, hey, we have a a double wide trailer. Do you want to live here? And it was me and one other person in this double wide trailer, you know, it's Mm -hmm. bedroom, two bath house, you know, by far the um, the least amicable property I've ever lived in. Right. Like, right. But I loved it. I was so grateful for it. You know, the fact that I had my own place again considering where yeah. I was at the time, you know, six, seven, eight months ago. And, um, you know, I loved it. And I worked up, I lived up there for a year 
um, ended up moving in with my wife afterwards and, okay. um, and, uh, and had to have a roommate. Can't afford an apartment in California without a roommate. $2,400 for a studio. <laughs> yeah, I had a, uh, a two bedroom, two bath and I was paying 3,400 yeah. bucks a month. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's pretty wild. And, um, so anyways, yeah, so I did that and you know, I, I thought, how can I progress in this? Right. I want to be able to, somebody had to pick up the phone for me when I called to try to get help. How do I right. get that job? And, um, so, which is what I do now. And uh, I've been doing that for the last, you know, four and a half years. And, um, so I speak directly with families and speak directly, um, you know, with the clients in particular and work on getting them into treatment. So my, my, my purpose happened organically, right? Like, yeah, man, I'm, be, I'm beyond human aid. There's only, there's only one person uh, or one entity that can help me. And that's my higher power. Right. And, right. you know, that's, I encourage people hey, find a higher power. I don't care what it is, who, who they are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, I just know what works for me. And, you know, God is what worked for me. I love it. I love it, man. Um, that's, that's really incredible. You know, what if, you know, and such a fascinating, uh, fascinating, you know, it's not even an end to the story, you know, it's, just, it's mm -hmm. still just your beginning. You yeah. know, there's, there's more and more on the way for you. And um, I'm, I'm just really, really happy uh, for you, man. And uh, I get because when you when you hear about these stories, man, you know, people, some people don't return back and uh, or people go back, you know, um, you know, they find themselves right back in the treatment center. You know, so and and that's okay too. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it's it's okay to take a step back and it's just so you can spring spring forward, you know, and go forward again. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, really incredible stuff. So you know, I, you know, I, one one final question for you, man, and um and and you know, it's and and I I think it's in terms of just you know, this is the toughest part of the year. You know, holidays, um, New Year's, it uh coming up. You know, so there's gonna be lots of drinking, lots of, mm -hmm. lots of drugs, like, you know, and then, and, and people are easily gravitating towards it because like, because like someone might've like be celebrating a death anniversary. It could be anything, you know, um, somebody might have just recently lost somebody, you know, um, you know, it's a lot of things that kind of open these, these doors up, you know, so what would be, be your tip uh, for people uh, during these, during these times? Well, we'll go back to the top five, right? Yeah. Have your top five. The, the other thing is surround yourself with people that have your best interest at heart, right? Mm -hmm. I, I have plenty of friends and plenty of people that I know, right? That hold me accountable, right? right. And I'm pretty open about my sobriety and my substance use, right? The previous mm -hmm. substance use and, pre, and, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. So um, I'm pretty open about it. So like, I have a lot of people that are around me that, and I typically I, I I surround myself with people that are in sobriety. And if, okay. if I don't, then I surround myself with somebody who uh, is in sobriety, right? So that they can be like, hey, dude, you need to, uh, like, what are you doing? Like, so they check me, right? Uh, not only for, like, possibly drinking, right? But the other thing is, is shifts in my attitude. And, you know, if I start getting arrogant or cocky, right? And then I might get that whatever it is. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, I can cool. I can have that drink. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, it sounds totally dorky, but like an accountability buddy, we call him. Right? Yeah. So have somebody who's going to be there to hold you accountable. Uh, 
have your top five so that you can call somebody and say, Hey, like I'm thinking about drinking or I'm thinking about, you know, doing something that, that, that I normally don't do. Um, so, and and surround yourself with people who have your best interest at heart. Uh, Like I said, I know plenty of people who will go out and they'll be like, Hey man, like you can't let me drink tonight. And then five minutes later, they say, Hey bro, take this shot. Like, bro, don't you know I'm in sobriety or I'm trying to stop drinking. And the reality is, is that individual, you know what I mean? is going to be the one that ends up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, that's, that's definitely incredible, you know, and um, that's, that's valuable information. Like, you know, uh, if we put that in the playbook, you know, we going to win the Super Bowl <laughs> yep. every, yep. every year. We win the Super Bowl every year. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. Speaking of the Super Bowl, you, you got to pick, you got a favorite. <laughs> so I'm going to go with my man, Andy, right? So I played for Andy okay. with, with the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm going to go to the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs. Okay. I, I'd actually like to see the Chiefs and the Eagles, man. I, that'd be I, nice. I truly would. Yeah, I truly would. Nice. So yeah. I don't know if uh, Dallas has the uh, power to, to take over Philadelphia. It depends on if Jalen Hurts comes back healthy or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like Joe Burrow too, man. I, hey. Yeah, yeah, Joe's the man. Hey, I like Joe. <laughs> yeah. some, you know, since yeah. college, there's something about him. I could sit there and watch yeah. him all day. Um, the guy's tough as nails. So, I mean, the, the AFC is tough. Yeah, yeah, the NFC not so much, but the AFC is tough. Yeah, it's a lot tough. Like, it's loaded. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure it's going to go back to the AFC this year. So, yeah, I, I, got, so. A, I, got, a, I got a large feeling about that. Yeah, unless they beat up on each other too much. Yeah, that's that is that's going to be the only reason why. Yeah, like, real incredible, man. Well, thanks a lot, Mike. You know, uh, for, uh, for joining us. Like, you know, this this has really been incredible uh, to to be able to have you here uh, and to be able to talk with talk with our audience and um, you know and just share share a peek of your story and and also provide some tips. You know, um, you know, in terms of like, you know, uh, are you on social media still or you know like a yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you can look me up on Instagram at mike.gibson69. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook as well. Um, Mike Gibson, I probably got a softball picture up there. I play a lot of softball, sober softball, travel around the country and play softball, man. I love it. Keeps me feeling young. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that baseball career didn't work out, but you, you found softball. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> that's, that's usually the route to go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they, they, they transitioned from one addiction to the other, right? I went from, yeah. you know, substances to playing softball, man. I love it. Yeah. Incredible, man. Well, uh, thanks a lot, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, boys and girls out there. Um, and I do see that uh, we, we got someone um, uh, who, you know, like um, they did reach out uh, during the time. Um, some somebody is going through some stuff right now. Um, you know, parents just recently divorced. Um, yeah, so we, we get we get everybody listening. Um, they argue every day who, who on who will take me and I cry under my pillow. I'm only a piece of dirt that needs to be walked on. Well, you know, young man. Um, uh, you know, Mike, you want did you want to take, say something to the young man? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a hard thing to do but it's simple right pick up the phone and call somebody there's uh there's multiple services out there that'll help you um you can google services specifically in your area um you know like like i said i 
you can contact me directly on Instagram or Facebook. Um, you know, and, and I'm more than open to do that. Uh, I work for, you know, treatment center, so I'm able to get you the help that you need. Um, you know, and, and a lot of the time there's fear about leaving your area, but the reality of it is, is I know for me growing up, like I was always looking for an escape, right. And getting out of the area, um, was the best thing for me. So, um, you know, pick up the phone, call somebody. Uh, you know, there, there's people out there that do love you, uh, yeah. you know, f- find me on social media. Um, you can reach out to us on at, uh, mhcsandiego.com, uh, or healthylife.recovery.com. Right. And they have online forms that you can fill out there. Our 1-800 number is on there as well. Um, so feel free to reach out to us. That's, that's incredible, man. And, uh, thank you for being available like that, uh, to, to address one of our audience, um, you know, uh, with, who had a live um, question, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't so much a question, but, you know, it seems like they've been a bit. Um, and again, you know, this is this is real tough. It's part of the year for everybody. Uh, and, um, you know, it's like I said, man, you know, just having that that, that team around you is, mm-hmm. is important and, and finding finding where uh, where the, uh, the other part of that team is, um, you know, it's, it's continuous. And and but we do need to talk, you know, so mm-hmm. talking this is the first step in the glad this young man was able to do that so uh thanks again mike uh, so ladies and gentlemen you know um we we ask that you uh, do share this episode right now with someone you know someone you don't know as it does help to further the messaging um uh, feel free to replay this back a couple of times over and over you know if you miss something um mike's details will be uh dropped in his instagram and facebook we'll drop that in the episode description of the playback uh for, for many of you guys who might want to reach out and uh follow follow mike uh, if you have something directly, you know, to, to, to ask him, you know, um, he said you can DM. So, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, so pick up that phone, yeah. man. There, there's people out yeah. there that are going through the same things that you are. And, and there is help out there. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, well, thanks again, Mike. Uh, so just uh, hold briefly here. We're going to run this C row to the B row. <laughs> so. yeah.